it was great because I was getting some good gigs with some big companies like here in Australia, the Commonwealth Bank. And what happened, I needed then to resource it. I was a solopreneur. And this was the thing. I had begun to build a business of a model that I didn't want. It was a nightmare. Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever. Stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk, but to win big, you've got to reduce it. This episode is sponsored by A Stots Academy, which offers online courses that help investors, aspiring professionals, business leaders, and even beginners to improve the finances of their lives and their businesses. Go to myworstinvestmentever.com right now to claim your discount on the course that excites you the most. Fellow risk takers, this is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stotts, and I'm here with featured guest Kathleen Ann. Kathleen, are you ready to rock? I'm ready and willing. Let's go. <laughs> Let's do it. Well, I'm going to introduce you to the audience. Kathleen Ann is a corporate escapee, and she's known as the money and marketing champion for heart-centered women entrepreneurs and enlightened men. She is the founder of Power Up Your Marketing and holds multiple money and marketing coach certifications. Kathleen works with service-based women business owners to help them create and grow financially successful businesses based around their passion and unique brilliance. Her marketing expertise and insight have helped women around the world to stand out and position themselves as the experts in their field as well as move away from charging by the hour and package and price their services instead so that they can charge what they're worth and get it. Kathleen, take a moment and fill any further tidbits about your life. Okay, and thanks so much for that introduction. Tidbits about my life. Well, I've got a lot less on the calendar than I had. <laughs> I'm getting down the track a little. So I like to think that I have acquired some wisdom <laughs> and yeah, along the way that obviously included some, some things around business and personal growth. I have two adult children and I have nine grandchildren. So I figured I did something right as a parent. There's some My wisdom children, there. Um, <laughs> My children must have got excited about the idea of parenting. And anyway, that's a nice stage of life to be in. And also to be having been a young mum and a youngish grandmum, that got me the time really to be able to invest time in my business, but as well as, you know, time to play around a little. Mm. I'll tell you a story about a young mom. My mother, she got, she got married when she was 20 to my dad and they got married in Virginia. And there's a funny story about that because my dad was from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, kind of from the North. And he, he was down in Virginia to get the marriage started, get the marriage certificate and all that. And so her father and she and my dad went down to get the certificate and her father had to go because the law was you needed parental approval if you're under 21. But luckily for my mom and dad, her father, who I called Pop, was there because my dad didn't have any money. And he asked to borrow $2 that it required back then in 1958 or so to get the marriage license. And so that's a funny story that we tell. We, my mom was just telling it the other day. And so, yes, she married very young. I mean, when you think about it nowadays with people getting married at, you know, I don't know, 25, 28, 30, look at me, I'm 55 and still not married. 
Uh, Some yeah, say yes. hopeless. <laughs> <laughs> well, you so, never know. Like some people do think it would be better to be having some life before you get into having the family life and then vice versa. And really, it doesn't matter. It all comes out the same. Exactly. Well, what I always say is I skipped my first marriage. <laughs> Anyways, well, now that we know a little bit about you, I'm just curious, you know, let's just talk briefly about this concept. I mean, one of the things that I find interesting about what we talked about before and also what we, we talked about in your bio is the idea of charging what you're worth. You mean people don't charge what they're worth? Why is that? And I think I'm guilty of that, you know, for sure. Maybe you could just give some insight on how you help people think about that. Sure. And, and it's one of the things I had to learn for myself. Coming out of corporate, I had a really well-paid position. You know, I had the corner office, the company car, and all that salary that went with it. And when I went out on my own, and that's a story I on its own. I'll tell you about that in a minute. When I did that, and I actually had to charge for my services, instead of just getting my monthly salary, no matter what I did, really, get some bonuses because I did it well, but actually asking somebody to pay you, the individual, for the work that you deliver when you haven't had that experience, that was quite challenging. And I realized and I had some limiting beliefs around that. I really didn't believe that I could earn on my own account what I was paid for when I was an employee. And then at some point I thought, what's wrong with this picture? Why, why would I think that? I made millions, probably billions by now for the companies I worked for. Why wouldn't I be worth paying myself that money? Meaning why wouldn't I ask to be paid? for that. So that was one of the things that got me thinking down that track about money mindset. And particularly for women, you know, we haven't actually had money of our own. Go back to my mum's generation. My mother worked, but her mother never worked. Mm. So women didn't even have a job, let alone an income. If they had money and they got married, you, that usually went with the goods and chattels. You just went along with it and that you no longer had control. So there's a lot of baggage around that for women so because we inherit all this you know mm. truly the beliefs that we hold in any manner inherited we don't usually challenge them unless something comes up and we can actually look and think where did that come from so it often just comes from there and then I think you know with all these grandchildren what am I sending forward what what are my grandchildren observing and hearing around money so that that's part of it Mm. And as I say, the other part of it is just the just the way people are set up in the marketplace. And that's the other part of what I help people do is get market ready. If you're not known as the specialist in your field, how can you charge top dollar? You can't. You're just a generalist and you're a commodity and you can be shopped around. And that's what happens when people ask, and how much do you charge? They often mean by the hour, because that's the way we were paid as employees, by the time. And if you are charging by the time, then I'm letting you know right now, your income is limited. Mm -hmm. You cannot earn what you're worth if you're being paid by the hour. So that's the other part. I help people structure themselves with their products and services in the marketplace as the specialist, and then streamline everything so that what they're doing is based on the outcome 
And that's what people will pay for. If they've got a problem and you don't solve it, they have to find somebody else who will. And if Great you can point. Own as, yeah, if you're known as the go-to guy for that one, they'll queue up because your reputation is there and then it gets easier and easier. And, you know, too, <laughs> when, you, when you get more clients, you know, praising you, it's time to raise your prices. You're even more the specialist than you were. And yep. the better it gets, the better it gets. It's, uh, you know, the thing you're talking about made me, I gave a speech in Indonesia and I was, I talked about an online course that I teach about how to start building your wealth, investing in the stock market. And there was a group of young people that came to corner me at the end of it. And they said, we don't understand why you gave away, you know, everything in this course or, you know, what, why would you do that? You know? And, and I said, knowledge is almost worthless these days. I said, and they're like, what? And I said, just look at it this way. How many books are there about losing weight? So is the world skinny? No, <laughs> we have an obesity epidemic. It is the transformation or the outcome that really makes the difference. So information is part of it. And knowing the path to go is part of it. But helping people get down that path is what people really will pay for. I know I will pay for it. And I think everybody listening would pay for that. And the quicker, the better. Yeah, I mean, if you can help <laughs> me to avoid the mistakes that you made along the way, you know, that's so valuable. So, yeah. Yep. And, and, and this is the issue, isn't it? Uh, to be aware that there's so much free stuff on the internet. And that's what people say, you know, they could buy a book, they could do this, they could do that, but it won't solve their problem. And really what they're looking for is that, as you say, that expert who can take them down that path. Mm, great. Well, I like what you, what you have to say. And for those people that also like, make sure you go to powerupyourmarketing.com. And in there, you can learn you know, and see some of the opportunities you can have to connect with Kathleen and, and try to see if her service is fit for you. So now it's time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one ever goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it and then tell us your story. Yeah. yeah, so obviously I've had more than one mistake in my life, but this one is applicable, I think, to what we're speaking of here. And I had been working in my corporate role. As I said, I had a, I had a really good position. I had a great career in direct response marketing and that was really selling insurance and banking products through third-party intermediaries. So big, massive databases and, you know, charging by credit card and ka-ching, ka-ching. It was a very lucrative thing to do at the time. Um, and it was a long time back and it was the first of its kind in Australia. So I was in on the ground floor, that which is where I got my reputation and my experiences and I'd had 20 years in that industry and the most recent company I was with, I was there for seven years. And then I get what I got, what I call the don't come Monday invitation. <laughs> so for those who uh, haven't had one of those, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, time's up. We call it retrenchment here in Australia. And I think there's different names around the world, but basically I got laid off and I was going overseas the following week and I was very happy about not coming back to that J-O-B because I'd really lost interest in the corporate arena pretty much. And I played around Europe for about five weeks and came back and bought a set of golf clubs. So I played around some more, literally deciding what to do. And here came my biggest mistake. 
I had a nice payout in my retrenchment package. So I figured that I had such a skill and expertise and reputation and experience and everything that it made total sense that I hang out a consultant shingle and start my business consulting to exactly the same type of company that just asked me to go away. And that was like rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic because suddenly my income was wildly up and down. When it was up, it was great because I was getting some good gigs with some big companies like here in Australia, the Commonwealth Bank. And what happened, I needed then to resource it. I was a solopreneur. And this was the thing. I had begun to build a business of a model that I didn't want. It was a nightmare and I didn't wake up until <laughs> I was in the middle of it. So the nightmare was feast or famine income and either working around the clock or twiddling my thumbs waiting for the phone to ring and seeking appointments to get another gig. So what that picture did for me and it took me a while to wake up from this nightmare it was a recurring nightmare <laughs> and by the time the time I sort of came to my senses and thought what's wrong with this picture and and that's that's when I really had to change what I was doing because it, it obviously wasn't suiting and and for all the reasons I just said that I was dwindling not only the payout that I'd got when I left the company but the money I was being paid along the way only carried me so far to the you know, to the next gig. So there was no no leveraging. There was nothing that I could be comfortable that I had a working model, business model. So what I ended up having to do for myself was really find another model. Got it. So tell us the lessons that you learned from that. Don't do that again was one lesson. <laughs> <laughs> The, the lesson, actually, the lesson I learned was because of the choice I then made, knowing what I knew then and, and knowing that I, I really needed a different business model. I'd been on the web and pooling along and I clicked on a testimonial that one of the people that I was doing a program with had on his website. And it was a lady in the States. She was running a three-day program about branding. And I thought, oh, that's that's a good idea. I need to rebrand. And part of that rebranding was refocusing to the niche that I wanted to work with and all those bigger, bigger questions. So I got excited when I read this testimonial and my husband was just beside me somewhere and, and I went, wow, this is amazing. I said, this woman's talking my talk. It's just, it sounds fantastic. And he said those three magic words, you should go. <laughs> So I just went, wow, I, I ought to go. I, it was just one of those things. It was a bit of an epiphany. And I thought there's something here for me. So two weeks later, I actually flew to the States and I went several times because I eventually took certifications. They didn't exist when I first went, but I continued to ask, would they create them? Because I wanted to use all the stuff that was working so well for me with my clients in my new niche. So over time, I, I added the second one about the money mindset because that's what happened when I realised I could coach people, I could get the market ready if they didn't get out of the driveway because they didn't believe that they were worthy or that they could excel in what they were doing and, and it was all to do with mindset. So that's, that's where the money and the marketing comes in, which is what I 
what I, as I say, I had to learn all this stuff for myself and then went, wow, there's all these people who really need this help. And that would just, and it has, it's given me a lot of pleasure and joy and I love what I do. I love the people that I get to work with and help. And if I can short circuit the journey that I took, thankful as I am, because that's, that's what I did learn is how to fix it for myself, but then how to help other people. Mm. Yeah. I mean, uh, let me summarize just a couple of things that I took away from that. The first one is I want to tell you a story about one of my businesses, my business partner, Dale. We have a coffee factory and he basically, you know, ran that. It's in Thailand. He was a friend from when we were in junior high, actually, in Ohio. And, and then he came to see me in Thailand and then we decided to set up this business 25 years ago. And he always joked that in the, particularly in the early days, you know, he would get a call at the factory and he'd pick up the phone and they'd say, I'd like to talk to the human resource department. And he'd say, one moment. He'd put down the phone and then he'd pick it back up. And he'd say, this is the human resource department. <laughs> <laughs> and then another time someone called and he said, I'd like to talk with the accounting department. And he said, oh, one moment. And he put down the phone and he picked it up and said, oh, this is the accounting department. And that's the reality of what we don't realize when we think about running a business. You know, we go from a job to a business and a business is all of a sudden you realize that, wow, that job had a huge amount of infrastructure in place that allowed mm -hmm. me to add that value. You know, if I needed new people, I could call the human resource department. If I needed, you know, more resources here or there, or it's a little bit tweak in the advertising, I go to the marketing department, you know, but none of that exists in the small business. No, and you could send a, oh, well, I don't know, an email or a text and say, do this. <laughs> So yes. it wasn't only that back resources, but even technology. And I'm, I'm trying to improve my relationship with technology, but we're, we're not getting along as well as we ought to. <laughs> yeah, I'm just picturing sending an email to yourself. Yeah. Do this. <laughs> Do this. <laughs> yeah. So the second thing is that for most people, when they think of being an entrepreneur, you know, they have big dreams. What they end up is they end up with a job yeah. with the risk when you have a job at your work, you know, you don't have the risk of the company going, you know, and all, all of this coming down on you, you're just yes. an employee, but all of a sudden you end up, sometimes you end up in a situation where you're an employee of your own company and you're bearing all the risk and you're living the same, you know, lifestyle. as that, Nothing changed except you're now the, the one at risk, as you say, yeah. that's so, that's so true. And I think particularly if you get into the stage where you take on employees then you've got that responsibility on top. That's why I wanted to be and still am a solopreneur. I outsource things, but I, and I love people, but I don't want to manage them. I manage my corporate career with a VA and I bought temps in and ran my campaigns, big campaigns, and then sent them off, got them back next time round. So I knew that I didn't want that structure, yet mm. I still went down that rabbit hole because I didn't really know or think about it. And I, I created a business that needed all that structure. Yep. And we're, we're seduced. We are seduced at times. Now, I, I want you to think about, and for the listeners out there, I want you also to be thinking about this. You know, I know that a lot of the listeners are in jobs. They may not be satisfied with those jobs. They may know that, hey, it's a tough time. I may lose this job. And they get it in their mind that they want to start their own business and they're going to just leave corporate and they don't realize the realities that you've taught us today. 
So I'm going to preface this with that, but here mm -hmm. comes the question. Based on what you learned from this story and what you continue to learn, what one action would you recommend our listeners, meaning the people I just described, take to avoid suffering the same fate? Mm. I wish somebody asked me that question back then too, Andrew, because had I, had I thought about that, and I would say to them now, as I wished I was told then, is find somebody who has done what you want to do, has the type of business that you want to have, and hire them to help you. Pay now or pay later. That's what I learned because I paid all along the way <laughs> trying to resolve the issues I came up with until I finally, and, you know, you, if you are not prepared to invest in yourself, then stay in your job. That I'm sorry if I've given you two yep. tips there, but you have to invest in yourself. And when I was in corporate, corporate invested in me. They sent me for all sorts of training yep. and different things that I, their and personal development stuff as well. So you must do that for yourself if you're going to maintain, you know, the right really to run a business, run your business. So yep. find somebody who's done what you want to do, talk to them. And if they are willing and ready, hire them. Yeah. I wrote down something, it's a, a little twist on what you said, and that is, Pay now or pay now and pay later. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you can pay now with low sales and, you know, you're going to do it on your own. Oh, and if you survive, you're going to have to pay later. I have anyway. to pay anyway. Yeah. And, pay and, you know, the thing I think people don't realize too, Andrew, is that, you know, if you go to university, you have to pay for all of that. And then you have to do whatever you're going to do. It might be a job or it might be a business, but you do have to invest in yourself unless you back in the day here in Australia, it used to be free, but now they hit you up with all sorts of penalties and financially you're behind the eight ball before you start. But that's what you're doing really when you're investing in building a business like that, you're investing in yourself and your future. And it's the lost opportunity that costs the most. It's not the investment you make to do the thing the correct way. It's fiddling around in the meanwhile, and that could be years. And that could be a lot of money that never gets toted up and put down to the fact that you didn't invest up front and you didn't wise up and take advantage because nowadays there are a lot of people. I think back when I started 30 years ago, I don't think I had people around me then that, and in Australia particularly, coaching wasn't a known thing. Yeah, and you couldn't and listen to a podcast. I mean, I think about how many podcasts I listened to and I'm like, wow, that was valuable. I mean, we had books, obviously, in the old days. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, there's so many resources. But podcast is where you get into, like, what we're chatting now. It's very personal. There's dialogue. And we're just having a conversation. I hope it's useful to people who are listening. But that's all we're doing. We're just having a, a chat about what history's been and what, what we've learned. And uh, hopefully it does mean that people can take something out of that and and I trust that I have done that today. Yes, I think you've done very well. So last question, what's your number one goal for the next 12 months? Okay, so I'm already underway with my number one goal because I decided to take my own advice, actually. And it was the advice that I gave the company back 30 years back when they gave me the Don't Come Monday invitation. And it was, I said to them, well, okay, great. I'm really happy to be going, so don't worry. I said to my direct report, thanks for the money, honey. I'm out of here. And 
I said to him, I think, though, that you should have somebody come and ask me what I know, because when I leave, it leaves with me. And I think it would be a great idea if I passed it on. And nobody came. So I reminded them before I was leaving that I'm leaving and I'm leaving with all that intel, all that seven years I've been here and the history and a lot of things there, you know, there's stuff written down, but nobody would read it. They would have tossed it out probably, Mm -hmm. but nobody asked me. So recently when I was thinking, as I I said, I'm getting down down my career now. And I thought, you know, all this uh, 30 odd years I've been in business for myself, and what I've been doing the math the last at least 12 years in this phase of my business. And I thought, I need to put this somewhere. I need my intel out of my head into a process or a program where I can help more people. And that was that's what's underway now. It'll be launched before the end of the year. And it's an online program that has me involved, but where I can have a one-to-many offering. And people can learn and go through that at their pace, but I'll be pushing them all the way because there's no time like the present. Fantastic. All right. That's great. So listeners, there you have it. Another story of loss to keep you winning. Remember to go to myworstinvestmentever.com to claim your discount on the course that excites you the most. As we conclude, Kathleen, I want to thank you again for coming on the show. And on behalf of ASTOTS Academy, I hereby award you alumni status for turning your worst investment ever into your best teaching moment. Do you have any parting words for the audience? Good luck with your endeavors. Absolutely. And that's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and most importantly, protect our wealth. Fellow risk takers, this is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stott saying, I'll see you on the upside.